0: What's up everybody, Dan, Binder Boneyard, coming at you from the office, probably hear the heater running in the background, Um, so that's what that is, because it is cold, it is the end of November, and uh, it's chilly, Um, it's windy outside, you'll probably hear some stuff rattling around as well. So, you know, uh, this is what it is when you're an amateur podcaster uh, and semi-pro tattoo artist. But, um, yeah, so thank you, everybody, for being here. Picked up some more followers. I appreciate it. Um, you guys are the reason why I do this as often as I can. Um, like I said, I'm trying to get on this a little more often. Um at least once a week, like I'm at now. I do want to try to get back onto a couple a week. Um, but it's just tough. Super busy. The shop is loaded up. Uh, if you're following on the social medias at all, you will see that um, the shop is full. My guys are working like crazy. We've got tons of orders to fill. It's just, it's a madhouse. So, um, you know, getting these things done. That's why I do them on the weekends a lot of times. Because during the week, it's just tough. You know, I'm already putting in 12 hours a day plus at the shop. So to sit down and burn out one of these, it just, it kind of, they kind of get pushed off the, uh, the plate there by the end mm-hmm. of the week or mm-hmm. whenever. But uh, yeah. So um, anyway, appreciate you guys for being here. Thank you for all the support. Thanks for telling your friends and all the shares and whatnot. I I do appreciate it. So, um, today's episode is going to be kind of a tough one. Um, because I, I am not an expert at the whole ins and outs of this stuff. Uh, but we're going to talk about line set tickets and the parts numbering system in relation to what Mm -hmm. your line set Mm -hmm. ticket says. And, the mt book parts book layout um so it's going to be informative but it's going to be probably kind of dry so uh if you have your line set ticket well let's back up if you don't know what i'm talking about a line set ticket is essentially the build sheet for your truck or scout And they made line set tickets for all of them. For every international that went down the line, there is a line set ticket. Now, if it's in the files at the Wisconsin Historical Society is another question. Because there are a fair amount that got lost in the move. They got pulled at some point and didn't get put back or whatever. But, at the Wisconsin Historical Society is filing cabinets or storage drawers full of line set tickets. And what you need to do is you email them with your VIN number or data number, data plate number and then they will dig out your line set ticket and they will copy it and they will send you the PDF of everything that was attached to that ticket and uh when we did palm olives it came back with a a sheet with a repaint code on it and another sheet of the final inspection and check off so it wasn't just a line set ticket it had some other documents that went with it which was kind of neat um so So you can order the Line Set Ticket through the Lightline dealers, um, Super Scout or IH Parts America. uh, And they're, I don't know what they're charging for them anymore, 20 bucks or something. But if you go through the Historical Society, I believe they're free. Uh, You just have to do a little bit more legwork. But anyway, the Line Set Ticket is the build sheet for your truck. It's the only way that you can decipher what it is. You can't do it with the VIN code like you could a Ford or a Chevy. It's just not possible. So, um, once you get that line set ticket, and it's not a ticket, I mean, it's a big, it's a full-size sheet of paper they send you. It's not, it's not just a little strip. Like, um, if you've seen any of the videos online, on YouTube, the line set ticket on, like, the D-Series trucks is behind the glove box. You can fold it down and there'll be a copy of your line set ticket stuck there, a lot of times. Um, I'd say in today's market, it's about a 50-50 chance. Uh, 20 years ago, I found a lot more back there, but as they go on, more and more of them get pulled and don't get put back or get lost or, or whatever. Um, same with the Scout 2s, they were stuck to the back of the cardboard glove box, so you have to kind of, like, reach up there with your hand, and sometimes it's there, and a lot of times it's not, because the tape separated from the cardboard, and and they fell out. Um, I've parted out some C-Series, where the lion said ticket was under the seat, in the seat cushion. Um, so... What else? Oh, some of the older 50s trucks, I've seen them taped to the sun visor. Uh, that's actually, I've seen quite a few of them taped to the sun visor. Um, but again, you know, I've seen some where they're under the seat or behind the seat. Uh, so it just depends on your truck. You can look around and, you know, you may find it, you might not. And if you don't find it, then you got to get a hold of the historical society and get them to send you a copy of your line set ticket because that's the only way you're going to know for sure how your truck left the factory because I get a lot of people that swear up and down that their 62 C 110 has a 392 in it from the factory and you try and tell them that it's probably not from the factory It's either not a 392, or it was swapped in later. And they'll swear up and down that it, you know, factory installed, whatever. And, um, you know, seeing how 392s weren't around in 62, it makes that story hard to believe. Um, I have heard of guys doing, um, having like warranty issues and having the dealer swap in something else i have seen that where it starts out with a 345 it has some cam bearing problem and this is back in the 70s you know cam bearing failure early on which is you I mean international engines are known for that and then taking it back to the dealer under warranty and then somehow demanding you know, throwing enough of a fit that they end up with a 392 in there. And I've seen that on a couple of occasions, documented occasions, where, you know, the dealership installed a 392 um, per the customer's complaining. So, um, but anyway, what we're going to talk about today is, is your line set ticket, if you have one already. So you've probably looked at it. And it's got a bunch of numbers and a bunch of stuff that you don't, like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, what are all these numbers and what's this, what are these codes? So, you know, International used a lot of other people's parts and other manufacturers supplied stuff. So, you know, just for an example, uh, the transfer case, you know, in in a pickup. 71 1210 pickup four-wheel drive it would have an NP 205 transfer case but the sheet won't say that the sheet will tell you that you have a TC 142 so that is tricky because you need the repair manual you need the you know the CS whatever I can't remember. It's like the CS2300 2300 or 2302 um, repair manual. And so when you go to the transfer case section, you'll see TC142. But then when you look at it, well, at least when I look at it, I go, hey, that sure looks like an NP205. And, you know, usually it is. Um, and then, so... They had various numbers depending on the years of what it is you know the the TC 140 would be the NP 200 or NP 201 uh, on the early scouts the TC 144 would be a Spicer 18 um, so you know they just for whatever reason they gave them their own numbers well I think the reason was is to go to correspond with the parts books. So the parts books were referred to as MT books. Letter M, letter T. MT. They are the exploded parts diagrams books. And every part has a number. And I mean every part has a number. So the only way I think that International was able to keep their numbering system alive and and flowing was to call them a TC 142 because in the in the MT book it starts out at 1 and it goes through I think 19 is the end so if the transmissions are section number 14 in the MT book, and then if your transfer case because they, they lumped the transfer cases in with the transmissions in the parts books, so the TC stands for transfer case, but in the parts books, a 14-142 would be the page with the exploded diagram for your NP205 transfer case. So if you're looking at your line set ticket and you go down the list and you see um, 14 I'm sorry 14 is the rear axle my bad I was looking at the wrong I actually wrote down notes and this is what happens when I write down notes I look at the wrong thing so the transmissions were 13 so if you went to the transmission section that was number 13 then you would see 13142, and that would be the uh, transfer, the 205 transfer case. Uh, I actually am looking at a line set ticket here right in front of me as my little, I don't know, just a layout, and it is for a uh, C Series. Sorry, it's a 1200C. So, you know, you sh- if I'm looking down it, there's, there's part numbers that, like, um, so, like at the top here, it was a four-wheel drive. So, it'll say that in the very first line of your line syntax, tag. It'll say what it is. And so, this one says it's a, you know, the frame number is a 2832073, but it's a 1200C 4x4 119, and the 119 refers to the wheelbase. So, it is kind of a short wheelbase, four-wheel drive, three-quarter ton, and... Um, frame and bumper is a 01000, which in your MT book, 01 is the very front of the book, and that is frames and bumpers. And then use the the list goes down, the the line set ticket goes down numerically. So then, because this is a four-wheel drive, the next set of part numbers is an 02015, which means the O2 is front axle in the book and 015 means it's an FA15 so and it is it's an FA15 so then if you go into your um, MT book and look up go to that page go to the 02015 of the MT book and there's going to be an exploded diagram of your axle and there will be some other notes and information that have to do with that an international had numbering for everything, like uh, like if you had an RA ten, which is the um, international's rear axle that they made. It is a open diff, um, you know, banjo style axle. But if you have an RA eleven that is still the same axle except you have a power lock instead of open diff. So in your MT book you would go to the uh, you know, 14.0.11 and there should be the section for the rear end with the power lock in it. Uh, this line set ticket that I'm looking at right now is a fourteen o one six, so it has an RA16 axle which uh, and this guy I believe is the um, heavier duty I want to say I don't have the book in front of me but it's uh I want to say this is the Dana 60 version of the of the axle so and then in your repair manual you would need to go to the axle section and there's actually the code there it'll have the uh, Ra sixteen, or you know Ra fifteen, or whatever the the code is. So um, you know they all they all correspond with each other. International did it in such a way that you could have all these different books and tie them all together. So your research, if you're trying to figure out a part or you're trying to work on something, you could have these two books: the MT and the CS book along with your line set ticket, and be able to figure out damn near everything about your truck. Um, You know, looking at this line set set ticket, um, the transmission, uh, again, the section 13 of the MT book um, is a 13016. So it's a T16 transmission. And when I looked that up, uh, and another book that is a essentially a Warner T98 uh, four-speed transmission. So, you know, you can figure all this stuff out with, if you have these books. It's just there's so many numbers and so many codes and corresponding things. And then there's other parts of the line set ticket that don't have a number or that, that have a number but don't correspond to the... MT books like um, let's see here, propeller shafts, which are you know drive shafts. That's what we refer to them now. They have way more numbers than um, than what you would have in a normal MT book. Well, turns out there's an actual drive shaft book I have here. The drive shaft or the the propeller shaft MT book. There's an there's a separate MT book just for propeller shafts. Um, it's not something that you guys are gonna want to own because it makes no no sense to have. But it was a book that they had dedicated just to drive shafts, and and all of them. I mean the Scouts, Loadstar, all of it. Every drive shaft number from the '40s to now is in there, and it and it covers the tube diameter, the yoke size, like. All of it. So I mean, again, international just over the top with their their um, parts and and data on it. Like I, I've said it before, if I ever get Oprah rich, uh, I'm taking a team of data entry people to the historical society, and we're looking at every line set ticket and every piece of information, and we are putting it in a gigantic spreadsheet that will be searchable online. That is my goal someday. But anyway, you know, you can uh, look down your list. It'll give you like the paint codes. um, And mine is torn here. I can't read it. Uh, I see so like, oh for your tires again, that's another one that you won't have an MT book but here's a tire the tire code is a 617614 which if you look over it is a Goodyear nylon tire I don't know whatever that means um, so I think nylon is gonna be a uh, bias ply but yeah uh, it gives you wheel size 750 16 um, so then the paint layout it's uh, standard two-tone. Like some of this stuff, you can figure out for yourself because it's it's hard not to. It's not hard not to miss. Um, oh, so here's here's what I missed. So yes, at the very top, it's a twelve hundred C four x four with a hundred and nineteen inch wheelbase. But as you come down the list, you get to the body numbers. So number sixteen or or section sixteen in the MT book is bodies and cabs. Well, here I get down to Bodies and Cabs, and it says Travel All with Tailgate. So this was a three-quarter ton four-wheel drive Travel All with a tailgate. And that's, you know, in the Body and Cab section. Um, It had a super capacity heater. It had interior trim package. This is all part of the 16 section of your MT book. So, um... You know, you can figure this out as you go along. Like number, so the wheels they were a twenty-two six thirty, which is section twenty-two of your your MT book, um, and so you should be able to look through all of that and figure out, you know, sort of what you had. Um, but like I said, some of it's obvious. Like um, you know, uh, twelve one one zero look across oh that says 345 gas engine so there you go like it's it's obvious what you have you don't need to look in the mt book to know what you got but if you do go to section 12 and look in the 110 page there you go there's your exploded version of your 345 gas engine um you know and then there's other stuff like for whatever reason, the antifreeze has a code. It's a 12761, so that would be in the engine section. But I don't know why antifreeze would be there, or coolant, but <laughs> it's there. So, um, you know, fuel tank has a number. It's the the 15214 15 is a 14-gallon tank. So um, that's a small, that's a low tank. So, I wonder if there's a second tank on here somewhere. Uh, I don't see it. So, for whatever reason, this travel all had, uh, not a very, not very much fuel capacity. It had one 14-gallon tank. Hmm. So, yeah. So, it's just, it's crazy when you look at this stuff and you can see how they were built, and then how different what you have is from what you got, you know. Because I've seen several of these guys call, and they say, I got a four-speed, but it was originally a three-speed, and someone changed it, and they need a different part. And, you know, that happens all the time. So it's kind of neat to see how it came originally from the factory and, uh, you know, and then what's happened to it um, since then. But, like I said, it's it's really nice to have the line set ticket, to have the MT book that corresponds with your truck, uh, just so that you can see exploded diagrams and things, which is also very helpful. If you don't know how something comes apart, and you're trying to work on it, or trying to find the right piece or whatever, you look in, look in the MT book and you can see an exploded diagram of your steering column, or of your transmission, or whatever, and then you can, um, you know, figure it out from there. So, I always recommend that if you are really going to do the work, you know, uh, if you're doing a restoration especially, um, and you're really going to do everything yourself, or as much as you can, spend the 90 bucks on the MT book for your model, and also spend... The 100 bucks on the repair manual for your model. Uh, binder Books sells both of those things. That's normally my go-to. If I can't find the book that I need um, new, or not new, I should say, used on eBay, because um, I prefer the original service manuals over the reprints, just because a lot of times they come in a binder already, uh, or they've got some history in them, which I like a lot. But if you can't find what you need on eBay, then you go buy your books and order them brand new. Make sure then you go on Amazon and order yourself a three ring binder to store them because a lot of them come not bound. So, uh, which is good because you want a binder anyway. It's just to help protect the thing because they're, you know, it's a hundred dollars or if you buy both of them, it's a hundred and ninety or two hundred dollar investment. So you want to protect it, um, But, yeah, you get that line set ticket, get the MT book, get the CS book, and then you can really, really figure out a lot of stuff. Uh, Probably save you a lot of time from going to the internet and asking questions and then getting, um, you know, 80 different answers from people that don't have the information that you need and they're just guessing. Um, You know, this way you have definitive proof of what it is you need or what you're looking at or what you're trying to figure out assuming that your truck is mostly stock the um i guess the one little uh, i don't know what the word is caveat is that let's say you your truck came with a 304 but now someone swapped in a 345 they're they're really close but normally that mt book if a 345 was an option especially in like a truck or travel all if your truck came from the factory with a 304 but we all know that 345 and 392 were options and later on someone swapped in a 345 you can still use your mt book you just look in the 345 section instead of the 304 section so um, things like that are still, you know, it's not the end of the world that it doesn't match the line set ticket because you can still use your book to figure it out. Um, it's when you get into the weird stuff where guys are putting, you know, um, D series truck axles under their scouts or putting, um, you know, scout two drivetrain in an 80 or 800. Now you start getting into weird territory where you're going to need both books or you need to. Just get really good at figuring stuff out on your own uh, because yeah, it's going to be questionable. Um, so yeah, that it's really it, like I said, it's hard to describe. It's hard to put into words what International was doing with their numbering. I mean, I think like I said, it was to to make it easier on the back end for parts tracking, accounting. And and parts storage, you know, I mean, the international parts departments were massive, massive warehouses that had everything. I mean, I've got NOS stuff upstairs. NOS is new old stock. I've got, like, steering column ball bearings loose in an envelope. That was a part. Like, you could go to the dealership and say, hey, my column is loose and sloppy. I need new ball bearings. Because they had a plastic cage that they rode in. And you go, hey, I need new ball bearings. And you could order a pack of six little silver balls. <laughs> like, you could get everything. And it's crazy to me that they, they went so deep as to stock. Like, you could order one jet for your Holly 2300 carburetor. Because you could. They had a part number for the jet. And it, it just... It's just bizarre. It boggles my mind to think about how much storage and data they needed to keep all that stuff straight. And there's probably a reason why there were so many mistakes and, you know, mispulled parts in the old days. But, man, like I think about our our future dealership and museum and how, like we've already started laying out um, all of our shipping containers that are full of parts are all laid out in the same style as the original parts layouts. Um, we use the MT book layout in our parts rooms so that as uh, as we grow our parts and all of that then um, it makes it it makes it easier uh, to pull parts and when guys are tearing trucks down it makes it easier to put parts away. There's less confusion you know on where stuff ends up and uh, especially when you're using the book because like you get into front axle and well that's a different section than the wheel hubs so like locking hubs and wheel flanges they're in they're in wheels and then the axle itself is in front axle like it just I don't know there's some of their crosses over weird but you know for the most part it really makes uh explain to a new guy like hey this goes here this goes there a lot easier than and then you don't have to have like tribal knowledge of what this scout part actually is you can just say hey that's a you know steering column that goes in the steering section or you know and they don't need to know what it is it's just steering part so it's uh it makes it easier for laying out. But when we get into the museum, uh, hopefully in the next 10 years, we're going to have the whole parts department laid out the same way, just like they did from the factory. So that as we bring in NOS parts, then they can get shelved exactly where they're supposed to get shelved. But anyway, hopefully uh, this shed some light on how some of this stuff works. Uh, I'm sorry it was sporadic and all over the place. Um, but, yeah, your your best bet is to get your line set ticket, get an MT book, get a CS book, and start looking at it yourself. And you're, it'll, it'll either click or it won't, because numbers, some people work with numbers and some people don't. But, anyway, that's all I got. Hopefully it wasn't too terrible. Um, but, you know, I appreciate you guys listening. Thanks for sitting through it. And uh, until next time, I'm Dan from Binder Boneyard.